0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-supported, crowd-driven feature where we respond to your questions on political philosophy, on history, economics, culture, all those things that matter to us in our common life together as citizens. And today's question comes from Isabella, who asks, can you recommend a couple of good books on the natural progression of government, including particularly, is there a natural progression from war and chaos to ordered liberty? Well, thank you for the question. No, I can't, because there is no such progression. In all sorts of books, and certainly in the popular press, you come across expressions that imply that there is. For instance, people will call the Taliban medieval, which combines two mistaken views. One is that the Middle Ages was especially horrible because it was long ago. And two, that all cultures and civilizations are essentially on the same path and yet somehow afghanistan is seven or eight hundred years behind us you know they were tearing over their tea and missed the bus or something like that but you know not to worry just give it a little time 500 600 years they'll invent the steam engine and then they'll um uh, fast food will come along and eventually you know eight 900 years they'll be on the internet now, obviously you know the taliban were on the internet already There is no one natural progression that all societies go through from bad way back when to really great. Now that we're here, it doesn't work like that. You know, and I I say that this idea of natural progress is related to this in my view, entirely mistaken pillorying of the middle ages. It was a classic example of this that I've cited before during the Balkan Wars, then British foreign secretary Robin Cook said of rumors that there were concentration camps, you know, that doesn't belong in the 20th century. That's medieval. No, actually, the concentration camps were one of the most outstanding and terrifying features of the 20th century. They were a product of modernity, whether it could have been prevented, whatever else one may think about it, they didn't happen in the Middle Ages, they happened in the 20th century. And what this underlines, in fact, is that much of the world, it's not that they haven't yet had their Magna Carta, it's that It's just not normal for societies to have Magna Carta. It's not even within those parts of the world that really did have a Middle Ages, which to say essentially Western Europe. Um, All kinds of parts of the world never had feudalism, they never had anything like even the less attractive features of the Middle Ages that you find more in Central Europe. But even a place like France or Spain never had a Magna Carta. And in fact, well, here's one good book i can recommend that isn't on the natural progression but on the reverse it's a book by alan Macfarlane called the origins of english individualism and Macfarlane had a kind of standard sociological training with a lot of marxism in it and he was interested in the transition from the you know, feudal to the bourgeois society that was meant to happen everywhere and he was looking at england and yeah okay it's medieval in the 13th century it's bourgeois in the 17th century but then it suddenly struck him hey wait a minute If I only had, for the 17th century, the same kinds of sources that I have for the 13th, with far fewer historical records and so on, I would see not discontinuity, but continuity. That there is this degree of individualism in Britain that you don't find in 13th century France. and In fact, you don't find in 18th century France or Spain, but you do find in 13th century England. And finally, he said, look, I'm out of my area of expertise here, but it does start to look to me as though that very old idea that liberty in the English-speaking world owes something to the Anglo-Saxon tradition of self-government is actually correct. And for that reason, I think we need to understand that something unique and very valuable happened as a result of the meeting First of all, you know Athens and Jerusalem meeting in Rome, and then the Romans coming to Britain and finding a people who loved liberty, not just the liberty of the tribe, but some sense of the importance of the individual. The Roman rule of law is quite congenial to the Romanized Britons. And then you get the Saxons with their system of tribal control of their chiefs, and also of a system of law in which property and other rights in here in the individual, not the community. Then you get the Christianization of the Saxons and something that I think it's not unreasonable to call a miracle happens in England. And to this day, if you find good government somewhere in the world, it's probably either a place that was founded by settlers from Britain or else was very heavily influenced. I've often thought the French have better government than they otherwise would because they're embarrassed to be that much worse than the English in the way they treat their people. So there isn't a natural progression. The normal condition of much of the human race, unfortunately, is to have tyrannical governments and a lack of civil society capable of confronting them. And in this respect, by the way, another book I'd mention is Thomas Sowell's Conquests and Cultures, which is very frank about the fact that cultures are working tools and that not all of them work equally well. But this idea, Sir Henry Maine once said that the story of civilization is progress from status to contract. That is from a world in which you are born into a position which it is very difficult and impossible for you to leave, often a very disagreeable one, and slowly over time progress brings us to a world in which you are judged by what you can do. But England never had anything remotely comparable, say, to India's caste system. As far back as we have records, and Sowell does remind us we do not know the name of a single Briton before Julius Caesar's initial expedition there, as far back as the records take us, there's something different in what would later become the Anglosphere. So beware of claims that some disagreeable thing in the world is medieval, because it's the Middle Ages that gave us the university and the hospital and in Britain, but nowhere else, the Parliament. The 20th century has visited a series of horrors upon us, from totalitarianism to cultural depravity, that do not justify us in sneering at the past. And they've also shown us a world that does not justify us in believing that everybody is on an escalator and if they just patiently wait their turn they will be released into the sunlit uplands so i can recommend some very good books that take issue with that view isabel but i'm afraid no book that advances that view can properly be categorized as a good one if you're enjoying these videos Remember, Ask the Professor is a crowd-funded feature. Please go to my website, click the Yes, I'll Help button, and make a contribution to sustain me in this and in all my other work. And if you're enjoying it and you have a question for the professor, this URL will tell you how to submit it. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.